You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international. We cover down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid conservative and just plain right. Well, it is, uh, it's Monday. All day long it's Monday, but it's a beautiful Monday and Boomer's on the board. Hey, buddy. Hey. How are you? Monday. I'm good. <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful. It is gorgeous. And yeah, I'm just feeling good. The crazy thing is we just had to turn on the air conditioning here in the studio. <laughs> You're over there wearing a hoodie sweatshirt. Know, we it, got the air conditioning be off soon. running. It's always so hot in the studio. <laughs> All the, all the hot <laughs> air. That hot air. All the hot air. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Had yeah. a great weekend, just chilling with the family, and now uh, ready for another week. And Had some Dad's crazy birthday, news. Boomer Daddy birthday. Uh, Boomer Daddy birthday. That's right. All right. Cool. We're all set. All right. Uh, hey, we got plenty of stuff laid on for you right now. Uh, so at 3 o'clock today, Dale Jackson from WVNN is going to be calling in. We're going to opine together for a little bit about one section of the Triple Dipper that I'll tell you about here in a minute. So, yeah, 3 o'clock, Dale Jackson chiming in. And then 4 o'clock, I'm pretty excited about this. An old friend of mine, a guy named Cliff Sims. Some of y'all may know Cliff. But Cliff Sims was the original founder of Yellowhammer News. But Cliff went on to become one of Donald Trump's chief communications advisors in the White House. After he left the White House, he wrote a best-selling book about life in the White House. And he went from there to being the deputy director for the director of national intelligence. Yeah. So Cliff Sims, with those experiences, is going to come on and talk about balloons flying in from China. What would Trump have done? Did they ever know about it back in the day? I've got an actual official from the DNI coming on at 4 o'clock. You guys are going to want to stay tuned for that one. And then I got a triple dipper full of stuff, so hit it. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper, three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. Number one, I'm calling this one Aged Out. Aged Out. So right now, the prevailing thought is that we may well have the oldest presidential election in U.S. history as two octogenarians go up against each other. That's Trump and Biden. And then the other thought is that Bernie Sanders may jump in. He's 81 now. So... I look at this and go, hmm, is there a limit? Do, do, we, do we cap the ages? I'll talk about that, and I want to get y'all's thoughts on it, too. Number one of the Triple Dipper, aged out. Number two of the Triple Dipper, numbers don't lie. So I kept coming across stories this morning that had a theme to me. They were, they were a series of stories in which dollar signs went in certain directions. And you, if you chase the dollar signs, it just drew more questions. But the numbers don't lie. They tell you things. Like, oh, by the way, who in Alabama got money from Sam Bankman-Fried? Republicans and Democrats? Yeah, we'll talk about it. Number two on the Triple Dipper, numbers don't lie. And then number three on the Triple Dipper, you can only imagine. I'm calling it national insecurity. National insecurity. Because, I mean, this past weekend we shot down a balloon. A balloon. A balloon. There's been a lot of crowing and chest pumping, and I'm glad that an F-22 was able to fire a Sidewinder missile and take out a balloon. But what does that say about us, and what does it say about China, and what does it say about the current state of the U.S. in world affairs? We're going to talk about it. Number three, national insecurity. 
That kind of segues right into my comments to open the show today. Because I got to tell you, I mean, when you look at it, there comes a time in any negotiation where you have to assess whether the other parties in the negotiation are actually operating in good faith. I mean, you may have been there before, a situation where you're negotiating and the other party thinks they've got the leverage, so they refuse to work with you. Now, on the one hand, I've been in those positions as an attorney where an opposing counsel just simply lets you know he believes his position is strong enough, doesn't want to see any need to advise his client that negotiation is helpful. And I've seen those same attorneys suddenly flip the script real quick when that singular moment comes along that shifts the momentum. You know, that one moment when they, they thought the evidence wouldn't come in or when they th- didn't realize that witness was going to say that and suddenly they want to negotiate again. The interesting thing is that lawyers are actually bound to convey all proposals for settlement to their clients, and yet some choose not to do so, which is maddening. It represents a measure of what the law calls bad faith. But it's not just lawyers. There's a claim that can be made under Alabama law against insurance companies. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. A lot of people haven't. It's known under the law as an actionable tort for an insurance company's intentional refusal to settle a direct claim. The case law dates back to 1981. It's generally referred to as a claim for, here's the, here's the title, bad faith failure to settle. It's more than just a breach of an insurance contract. In a breach of contract claim, you're asking that the court award damages that the contract says you should have been paid. But when you add bad faith to the lawsuit, you can find yourself eligible for an award of punitive damages designed to punish the insurance company for failing to pay a legitimate claim on a valid insurance policy without having any cognizable reason, cognizable reason not to do so, or for not properly investigating the claim before they denied it. So why am I telling you all this? I'm making the point, first of all, that good faith and bad faith, those are actual legal terms. When someone comes to the table in a negotiation, there must be a sense that while they may be opposed, that they can at least have arrived to the discussion with a good faith intent to see what can be done. Operating in bad faith is just the opposite. To say that someone or some company or some country, for that matter, has operated in bad faith, you're saying that the words were merely a sustained level of deception, that the bad faith actor is merely pretending to entertain someone else's concerns. Bad faith is hypocrisy. Bad faith is a breach of trust. Bad faith is about lies. And the only remedy for such bad faith is to call it out and deal with it for what it is. And that, my friends is where we are with China right now. So in an embarrassed fascination, we watched over the past several days as a Chinese balloon, and they admit it's theirs, loitered over sovereign U.S. territory. We are told now that it may not be the first time, but who knows. What we do know is that this one was real. This one was over sensitive U.S. military installations. This one was noted by the Pentagon to be maneuverable and carrying a payload, which translated means that somebody was driving it where they wanted it to go, and it was carrying equipment that was made for a special purpose. Now, the jury is still out as to what the actual purpose was. Was it for signals intelligence to gather up ground communications? Was it for meteorological data to test the wind drift and weather conditions firsthand in and around key sites in the U.S. mainland? Was it designed to test our own sensing devices and see if a slow-moving payload carrying airframe can slip through our military early early warning systems carrying something more sinister like a bomb or an EMP or a biological weapon? Was it a jamming device designed to provide the Chinese with an ability to jam key military and even civilian communication nodes for even the briefest amount of time to prevent early detection or response to a Chinese preemptive strike? We don't know. What we do know is that the Chinese are operating in bad faith. 
Nothing to see here, they say. What's the big deal, they ask. How dare you shoot down a non-threatening civilian-based system that was floating harmlessly over two-thirds of your country and half your U.S. nuclear capabilities? Bad faith indeed. Deception. Obfuscation. Pretending to be at the table while everyone knows they have evil intent. At the very least, the very, very least, we have a classic test of U.S. leadership and resolve. And to say that the results were an embarrassment for America on the world stage is an understatement. Just days after Congress initiated a committee designed to explore China's involvement in COVID. Just days after we signed a military deal with the Philippines for basing of U.S. military assets. Just days before Secretary of State Blinken was set to arrive in China for high-level discussions. Just days before Biden's State of the Union address, China committed the diplomatic and perhaps military version of sauntering in our back door uninvited and eating whatever they want to out of our refrigerator and then trying to deny it ever happened despite the fact that the food is all over their face. I'm not so naive as to believe for one second that China or any other country in the world, to include some of our adversaries and our allies, don't have hidden agendas when they meet with the U.S. I'm sure that we do as well. That's the art of diplomacy. The negotiating of minefields of needs and positions and backdoor discussions to affect a positive outcome. But this, this is not that. This balloon trick by China is an affront. It is designed to do nothing but embarrass while they stand by with implacable poker faces and palms turned up in surprise as the American people express outrage. And then there's the response that Biden gave the world. I'm going to tell you right now, fecklessness is the backstory of the main story here. Would Trump have handled it differently? I believe so. Heck, I think my neighbor's cat would have handled it differently. I don't believe that Biden handled it with disdain or any bad faith on his part, but I do believe that Biden and therefore the United States was played for a sucker by Chinese con artists in what we might call the great balloon sting. And now the Chinese con men are in the back alley counting the money and laughing about the rubes at the White House that they got one over on. Bad faith. It's a thing. It's an actionable position under the law. And it's absolutely a description of the Chinese and the way they're treating the Biden administration. We have to see it for what it is. And we have to call it out. And that's a wrap for the right side way. I'm just going to tell you, folks, I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. It's like a whole big facepalm episode. I mean, you just look at it and go, for the love, what does it take to assert yourself with some position of strength? And that's not what's happened here. We'll dissect this in more detail. In fact, we'll dissect it with Cliff Sims at 4 o'clock, who used to work for the director of national intelligence and Trump himself. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. Oh, look, Corinne Jean-Pierre is briefing the world after the military downed the Chinese spy balloon. I, no, oh, look, she's reading. She's reading her position because, yeah, that's just the way she operates. Okay. Anyway, um, he had to call him in and go, Boomer, what was the guy saying? Oh, he called in on Friday and was saying, um, you know, he called in Friday saying they're probably going to wait till it goes over, you know, over a water uh, to shoot it down, you know, within 10 miles so that they had the, 
you know, 10 miles of land, so it'd still be in the continental U.S. So he's basically saying, told you. Yeah, he's saying, I, I, he had it. I forgot his name. I'm sorry. Text in, tell me your name. I forgot your name. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just put you on the spot. I, yeah, uh, that's <laughs> all right. Good. It's all good. But you know what? Though we got sharp listeners, and that's the we key. We do. Hey, but I, I, it, he it was, was right. It was. I, so the thing got shot down over the weekend. We're going to spend time on this later, so I'm not going to do a whole bunch of it right now. But I, I still look at this and go, "What the heck, man?" I mean, it traversed the entire continental United States from Alaska all the way to the Carolinas, and. It was maneuverable, meaning somebody's doing something somewhere steering that thing where they want it to go. And it's got a payload by admission of the uh, Pentagon briefing, which means it's carrying sensitive equipment of some type. The heck? I know. I mean, and I'm sure everybody saw all the different memes and all kinds of stuff out on social medias. And I mean, making fun of and. You yeah. know, the redneck saying, hey, I got I got my gun out ready for this thing to pass me. And yeah. then there was a giant Trump hey, balloon beer, and said, how about this. he sends this over there? I mean, it was it was quite funny, some it, of those things. It was funny, but in in the end, this thing ain't funny when you no. get down to it. I mean, this is, it's, it's like. It should have been taken care of way before it you was. I think, yeah. yeah. I mean, wow. I look at it and go, okay, what, so if you. Did we know it was there? If we knew it was there, why did we just wait? And I, there are some that speculate that they knew it was there the entire time and weren't going to say anything, hoping nobody would notice. And then people began to notice when it was over Montana. And so public news, or it's not public, but, um, but news sources began to report this balloon, and that's when the story got out of hand, and they wow. had to deal with it. And then here's the other thing. I look at it and go, so you set up an F-22 to take it out with a Sidewinder missile, what are we not being told? Because, okay, it just seems to me that if you want to bring it down in a semi-controlled fashion where you can sort of gather up what's there, then why not poke a few holes in it using the 20-millimeter cannon on the front of the, uh, I mean, basically, this, you know, machine gun that sucker, put holes in it and let it deflate as it goes down. But no, they blew it up <laughs> with a Sidewinder missile which costs as much as some people's houses. And doesn't that feel like a bit of overkill? I just. A little bit. A tad, maybe, sort of, yes. Yeah. I mean, did it. I mean, we don't even know. Did it destroy everything? I, I don't know. It, 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 well, you saw it coming down. So right. it was coming down like, like a deflated balloon. It was just kind mm -hmm. of trailing its way down. And there was something of weight that was helping it come down. Uh, one briefing uh, says that the debris field is about the equivalent of about. 1,500 yards by 1,500 yards wide in a big square full of just, you know, just trash and debris. And it landed in like 43 feet of water. So it's going to be recoverable, but mm. you still have to look at it and go, this is, this is how you do things? I mean, this was the best idea? This is all you got? So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. We, we, more to come, but I think, I think the bigger story right now is the Biden administration's reactions to it, or lack thereof, and the finger-pointing. And the weird statements, once again, by President Biden, things like, I told the military to shoot it down last Wednesday, <laughs> and they waited until Sunday, sir? Um, or times when, oh, I just, you know, I, was, I wanted to shoot it down, but the military gave me advice that it should wait. So you're not in charge? I mean, I, I just, I, I, anyway, I saw, I guess I am going to talk about it now. I saw um, <laughs> Congressman Ryan Zinke, former Navy SEAL, who had been the Secretary of the Interior during the Trump administration, has now returned to Congress where he had been just prior to that. Um, he's from Montana. And he made the statement on the 
I don't know, one of the Sunday shows uh, this past weekend. And he said um, basically that I think the name of it was Provincial County, I think is what it was. But he said this thing flew over Montana, where I'm from. He said it flew over Provincial County at one point, which has fewer people in the entire county than we have in Congress. I'm pretty sure they could have shot it down. And, and the question is not was it safe on the ground, but was it safer to let it continue gathering data and doing what it wanted to do as it flew? Um, we'll see. Uh, change of subject, boom shakalaka. Uh, we got another podcast from uh, Boomer McQueen coming out this week, I understand. Hey, we do on Wednesday. Yeah. That's going, right. Going live, booting up another one on Wednesday. Booting up another. You got a topic you're going to announce or you're going to let it be a surprise? Oh, let it be a surprise. Come on. <laughs> we got to keep them on the toes. All It'll right. be good. For those, those that don't know, so uh, the, the right side multiverse uh, has continued to expand uh, with the latest edition being a brand new podcast by Boomer and his lovely bride, who we nicknamed McQueen. Uh, and so Boomer McQueen, The Right Life, yes. uh, comes out every Wednesday now. We, and, we are uh, having so much fun doing this. Y'all are a hoot. I mean, she's a hoot. I'm I'm just the guy that just follows behind. <laughs> uh, well, nonetheless, uh, she's she's a hoot and you are too. And uh, y'all are a hoot together. I know that. Um but yeah, uh, too, Wednesday. Too much fun. Too too funny sometimes too. Too funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, I can't wait. So uh, edition. This will be edition number five. Edition number five. Five's already out. Yeah. Well, four's already out. Four's already out. Five, and possibly six. We'll see. We'll all, see. All of our stuff, by the way, is on our website. So at, yes. at Right Side Radio, we we got a lot going on. And by the way, we are a standalone business. So we are a syndicated radio show, meaning that we're not owned by the other stations that we're on. And we're on multiple stations across North Alabama. Um, but we, we own the content. We are a separate business, which also means, by the way, if you want to advertise on Right Side Radio, you got to contact us because we sell our own advertising. Uh, we have um, uh, advertising uh, inventory available right now in Huntsville Markets, Birmingham. You'll be heard across the entire northern part of the state if you have a, a, a business that, uh, that needs more traction. Uh, we can certainly provide that. So, so yeah, we, uh, we have a sales staff that will contact you. If you contact us, go to our website, send us a message on the contact tab, and we'll follow up from there. Uh, and we've had, like, multiple here in the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure what's happening, but all of a sudden everybody wants to advertise on Right Side. We love it. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. <laughs> All right, listen, we got a whole lot more to come. When we get back, we're going to start number one of the Triple Dipper, calling it Aged Out. How old is too old to hold elected office? Hmm. We'll talk about it. Y'all stay tuned.